welcome back for another episode of Clean Tech Talk, where we at Clean Technica interview clean tech leaders from around the world. With topics ranging from electric cars to climate change communication, you can listen to our full podcast series by visiting our website at cleantechnica.com. All right, everyone, welcome to another episode of Clean Tech Talk. I am Joe Boris here with Green Power's Michael Perez. Michael, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing great. How are you, Joe? Good, good. Michael and I got to hang out at the uh, ACT Expo in Long Beach, California earlier this year. We had a ton of stuff in common. We both wanted to talk about, you know, overlanding, taking Jeeps way, way, way off-road, shooting pirate pistols at each other. So, I mean, it's all really good (laughs) stuff. And uh, as I got to know you a little bit, I, I discovered you're kind of a veteran of this industry. I mean, even though, you know, you've been, you've been around, like, you know, Macy over at yeah. the uh, hybrid trucks and, and you've been in this space for quite a while. Michael, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, about, you know, what, how you got from uh, wherever you started from to Green Power? And then we'll uh, start talking about some of the projects you're working on there. Yeah, no problem. So I started working in the uh, transportation space uh, at a company called Complete Coachworks. This was going on now almost a decade ago. Complete Coachworks has a, a really special niche within the transportation industry. They, they feel a need to retrofit and rehab mainly transit buses, but they do school and over-the-road coaches as well. Now, when we say an over-the-road coach, that's like a, like a bluebird or like some kind of, uh, you know, like, like an RV or something, like a motor coach. Yeah, you know, typically MCIs uh, would be the, the manufacturer there, Van Hool. And the example I always give people is like a, a Greyhound bus, you know. Those oh, perfect. Yeah, where you're sitting in there for a long time, has some storage. That's where, you know, that's where I, I learned a, a lot of what I needed to know in the transportation industry. Uh, Complete Coachworks, or CCW for short, is uh, owned by uh, the Carson family. They're stalwarts in the transportation industry. Been so for about 60, 70 uh, years. And uh, what I got to uh, get involved with over there was they were one of the first companies to make an electric drive system. This is back in 2012, 2013. Not many other companies were doing this at the time. They were retrofitting older buses and putting in a new electric drive system, you know, sooner than most companies even even were on board yet, sooner than the market was really accepting. Honestly, you know, doing the pioneering work that that kickstarted a lot of uh, a lot of things. Yeah, that's awesome stuff. So now now you're at Green Power through all the twists and turns there. And for those of you who don't know, Green Power you basically make electric commercial vehicles that are fully electrified. And, you know, we were talking earlier about what's the one question that, you know, you wish people would ask you, but it was, I was actually the first question I was going to ask you anyway, is, uh, you know, what makes green power different from all these other companies that are out there that are trying to sell, you know, electric school buses or electric garbage trucks and all this, what makes you guys different? What's the secret sauce? Well, I, I, I came to Green Power in 2018 and just be, you know, the main reasons why were they made compelling products. The biggest thing that Green Power, the biggest selling point, the biggest thing that makes us a united company is that we make purpose-built vehicles. We're not converting, we're not taking someone else's chassis and we're not taking anyone else's equipment and uh, making it work for the electric, to, uh, for, the, for an electric vehicle. We started from the ground up, designed a, a clean sheet design and the beauty in doing that is that you can really design around the electric drive system and around those batteries way more efficiently than you can retrofitting a, a vehicle that was never intended to be 
an electric vehicle. And uh, I learned that a lot early on in uh, my previous employment. You know, it's possible. It's just really hard to do. And it's really hard to make efficient. When you, when you, when you make a purpose-built vehicle, you can use weight advantages. You can use the interior space a lot better. It just, it, it, it equates to a more compelling product and a more durable and safer ride. Well, and safety, when we're talking about, especially school buses, ambulances, things like that, safety is really a very high priority. And when you and I were at ACT and we were looking through the beast, which is the beast is what you call your electric, your large electric school bus. There was a lot of conversation about safety and and about, you know, how that was really engineered into the system. Can you talk us through some of that? Yeah, no problem. So let's talk about the BEAST. And the BEAST stands for, uh, it's an acronym. It stands for Battery Electric Automotive Student Transportation. So, Oh, kinda, come on. You know, it, it, it's, it's, it's just like that. <laughs> and it, it hits really well and we, we love it. It uh, and, does you know, hit well. That's really good. It does. It does. We, we love that. By making a purpose-built BEAST, if you look at our Type D, we're, we're very different from how everyone else makes their Type D. We use a monocoque chassis. And it's 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 excellent that we defined what an over the road coach was earlier because that's how we make our beast it it's one of the safest long standing most durable designs out there a monocoque chassis just means instead of using the old very traditional way of of making a school bus where you have your truck chassis and then you bolt the uh, the body on top we we completely scrapped that we designed through a monocoque chassis which is a frame throughout the entire vehicle if you were to see through the aluminum panels on our Beast school bus, you'd see that the entire structure is the frame. It's not just the two frame rails in the middle, like traditional truck chassis. That adds, that equates to us making a bus that is not only the most durable and safest bus out there, but allows us to really use the efficiencies of where we can put the battery systems and offer the only pass-through storage right now for school buses. You know, it's really interesting because when we talk about monocoque chassis for EVs, we're usually talking about cars like the Lotus Avija or the Ferrari SF90 that use that monocoque chassis. And it means what it sounds like. It means one piece, right? So mm-hmm. the body, the the load-bearing structure of the vehicle is one piece with the body. So that allows you to use, to make it lighter, make it stronger. And some of that durability comes from when you go over these bumps in the road, when you go over these expansion joints and hit these potholes, you don't have a screw and a bolt that are shearing against each other that are constantly squeaking. And that's why when you have some of these buses and some of these even cars and trucks that are passenger vehicles that you're driving for, you know, 10, 15 years, they start to get those rattles and those squeaks because that little bit of wear kind of, you know, takes that on. And that has been cost prohibitive in the past for, you know, most commercial vehicles. But I, with what you're saving from the reduced complexity of the drivetrain, because you don't have to have a transmission, you don't have to worry about all these different, you know, cablings and vacuum cables and everything else that you have to worry with, with an internal combustion vehicle. It seems like you guys have been able to kind of build the best of both worlds here. And it sounds kind of crazy to, you know, talk about handling and acceleration when we're talking about a school bus. But when I drove this thing, it was fine. I mean, it got up and moved and it didn't feel like I was driving anything, you know, uh, like it certainly didn't feel like I was steering a manatee around Los Angeles. I mean, you could get around. So I don't think it's that it's that crazy, right? No, not at all. You know, we we in our testing and our validation and whatnot, we we we've shown that we have a better turning radius than a lot of other comparable type C school buses. 
And that's with a bus that tends to be five feet longer than the conventional Type C school buses. We're very proud of the turning radius maneuverability. It has full air ride suspension, which makes it the best in class kind of comfort that ensures not only the lifelong of the vehicle, but lifelong kind of uh, insurance to the batteries. Oh, right. Because you're not jostling the batteries as much. They're in a much more stable place, but it's good for the kids too. I mean, I remember being driven around in the back of the school bus and you'd hit a pothole. You'd go up two, three feet in the (laughs) air, you know, especially if you had like somebody who wasn't real familiar with the route who liked to go 40 and a 35. I mean, that that thing would move. So that's definitely good stuff. You know, when, when you're talking to a, a municipal fleet, when you're talking to a school district, how do you sell these? What do you, what do you say to them? Because, you know, for all the benefits that we understand, because we're in this space right away and they come to us very naturally, I got to imagine there's like school districts in Missouri or Nebraska who are kind of side-eyeing this thing, right? What do you say to them to make them go, oh, this might be something I'm really into? You know, I I start by saying, you know, you, you have a lot of range anxiety in the industry right now. And it's not just heavy duty, it's passenger you know, the class two market as well. Range anxiety is real. And if you, if you hit that early on, you know, uh, for the most part, we're not trying to be a solution for a hundred percent of a school district's bus routes right now. You know, I know where the technology is at and the technology, the technology is in a good spot to cover about 80, you know, upwards of 90% of the school bus routes. You know, I'm confident that our vehicle will not only do it, you know, meet the needs of, of these school districts, but they'll exceed them. You know, our beast has 140 mile range. When you look at studies, and this has been studies in the school bus industry and now clean tech, you, you know, groups, they've, they've all seen that the average daily route is under 75 uh, miles for schools. And that's even that seems high, but I, I think because I'm, I'm outside of Chicago, so everything's very, very dense. But even mm-hmm. 75 miles seems high because, you know, you're not talking about 30 miles out of students, right? Or I guess maybe in some really rural areas you are. Yeah. And, you know, the, the main thing there is that this is easy to deploy. You know, this isn't, this isn't really, really hard. When you, we built both uh, our type A nano beast and our type D beast to be uh, experiences that drivers, technicians, and students, when they get on there, they're not in some some crazy futuristic bus that they don't understand. They're in something very familiar, familiar to them. You know, we, we, uh, what we have offered is an improvement in, in that design and that experience, you know, quiet ride, calmer students, calmer driver. You know, we just did a, a huge presentation at a, uh, a conference a couple of weeks ago where we talked about driver retention and technician retention, very touchy subjects in the school bus uh, industry. And, Electric school buses help that exponentially, you know, calmer ride, quieter ride. You know, you, you, have, yeah. you have students that aren't flying through the roof like you, uh, like your analogy a little <laughs> while ago, hitting those bumps. Much well, to, I got to uh, imagine that you have much lower instances of like asthma and chemical stuff like that, right? Because, you know, mm-hmm. I remember the other thing was when I was a kid, again, coming out of high school and there's 15 buses lined up and it was, you know, it was a big high school. There's 10, 15 buses out there waiting to take everybody. I mean, it was like a black cloud was descending on your yeah. lungs because they would just sit there idling for 15, 20 minutes and, and it was all this. So you got to imagine that some of that has to do with, you know, why the driver retention rates are low. Oh, big time. Because a lot of that, that bad air, that exhaust, it didn't go dissipate out. A lot of it just stayed right there in the cabin. Oh, wow. I hadn't thought of that. Mm, yep. 
creating. I was just thinking of like when they're stopped, but yeah, when they're, when they're on the road, they're breathing all that in as well. So for instance, you know, I'm out here in California and air conditioning right now is getting added to school buses, uh, not everywhere, but some States are looking at it. Wow. Um, I just had my first like official old man moment. Cause I was like, what air conditioning in school buses. Exactly. When I was a kid, I had to sweat and die in the back of that thing. <laughs> Same thing. You lived, you lived or breathed or, or uh, whatever air the, uh, the environment was around you. That was it, man. So they're putting most, air conditioning uh, on school buses. Wow. Yep. Most we're, school buses are spending too much money on the youth of America. <laughs> yes, we are. Hey, that, that's why they, you know, some will say the argument, it's a softer generation. I softer generation. No, 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 of course not. Don't, they, don't, they don't listen to this anyway. We can make fun of them. No, so, right. Well, but here's, that's actually a really good question, right? Because when you talk about electric cars, you talk about the Nissan Leaf or the Chevy Bolt, the, the earlier kind of electric cars, when you would turn on that AC or turn on that climate control, right? Cause it can go AC or heat that would drain the battery that much quicker. But mm-hmm. uh, you know, with a school bus, it's so much more space. How does that affect the, uh, the operating range of it? Uh, definitely. Uh, you know, it's something we call parasitic loads. That's something that drains the battery a little bit uh, quicker. And, and you know, what's funny. It's actually the opposite of what we're used to in our ICE combustion engines, you know, when you're, when you're driving uh, in your ICE car or truck or whatnot, and you're driving down the freeway and you're low on gas, what do they say? Turn off the air conditioning. Right, right. You know, save, save the gas, try to get to that gas station before you uh, end up on the side of the road. It's kind of the opposite with, with electric vehicles and our electric school buses. It's, it's, the heat is the bigger uh, draining load on the batteries than uh, cooling. Cooling's there, but it's not as big. It's, it's the heat issue that tends to worry a lot of uh, electric vehicles. Yeah. Well, you're not heating these things in Southern California, I imagine. No, sir. <laughs> not, not very often. Well, that's awesome. So, so you talked a little bit about, you know, covering 80 to 90% of the school districts. And, you know, I was surprised just when I was, I remember sitting in the beast and I was just talking to some random guy who was waiting to talk to your sales guy. And he was from Nebraska and he wanted to mm-hmm. find out more about it. I've talked with, uh, some some gentlemen uh, uh, in Montana at the at the Auto Dealer Association, and the, the conversation just went to electric buses like this. So I think that you're you're seeing kind of a blurring of political lines where maybe five six years ago you would have said that like only the liberal school districts are going to buy something like this, and now you're kind of looking at it from the point of view of the charging is accessible, the fuel costs are way varied. It's hard to you know it's hard to project a budget into a market that might double the fuel cost at random, right? So this electrification thing has some real practical benefits in the here and now to businesses that are beyond environmental. And the reason I'm getting into all this and and kind of going this route is because when I think of West Virginia, I do not think of it as a hotbed of electrification and technology and, you know, environmental progressivism, but Mm -hmm. I might be wrong about that because you guys are building in West Virginia. Correct. Yep. And they, they would, they would probably fight you on that as well. <laughs> but um, so, so you're, 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 you're dead correct. I mean, that's kind of where the industry was years ago, but it's, it's changing. You, you just alluded to it perfectly. It's rapidly changing and it's uh, it's coming quick. You know, this isn't the hotbed, very dividing issue. It used to be, you know, a lot of who we're working with in West Virginia it's um, it's the party that a lot of people didn't expect, you know, when you when you just say it, Republicans, that they, they wouldn't expect a lot of interest there. But West Virginia has been more than inviting really good partners in opening up a facility 
and our uh, actually well, our grand opening. One... Go ahead. I was going to say our ribbon cuttings at the end of the month. Oh, that's fantastic! At the end of this yeah. month. Yes, sir. All right, yeah, August twenty ninth. That's not too far of a drive. I might try to make that, but it's actually really neat. You know, we're talking about Republican and Democrat and all this, but like there are real advantages to the advancement of technology. I mean, I remember when I was just graduating high school and starting college, like baby, baby in the early nineties, right. They were talking about the internet and it was like this whole big new thing. And like, you know, America online was still like the, by far the most popular way to get online and how it was going to change the world. And a lot of people thought it was a fad and there was just like, well, this is a fashionable thing, but nobody's going to care about this in five years. And I kind of see this kind of electrification being the same thing, that it's very divisive at first, but you begin to see the ways the technology can work for you. You begin to see the real tangible benefits, the improved quality, the, the improved longevity of these things. And you start to see that like, this is just a better way of doing it. And yeah, maybe it is better for the planet. Maybe it's not but it's better for me in this moment where I am right now. And I think that that's one of the things, you know, we talked about what makes green power different and where, where the secret sauce is. I think you're coming at this market and you're coming at people kind of where they are. You're not trying to convince them that they need to electrify their fleet. You're saying, Hey, you've got a fleet. I've got the best vehicle for that fleet. Check it out. And then the secondary conversation is how does it work? You know, you alluded to the beast, the nano beast, for lack of a better term, that's the electric short bus. Yeah, <laughs> right. That's our, that's our type A, 25 feet. Well, 25 feet, I mean, that's for a lot of, you know, private schools and, and uh, you know, daycares, and things like that. You'll see that. But you're also, it, it, it also serves, um, you know, similar platforms serve for like VA transport and things like that, right? Like you're, oh, you're yeah. seeing hotel shuttle buses and airport transit services using this, right? Are they charging these overnight at a depot? Are they charging throughout the day? Is it incremental stuff? How is that being managed, you think, kind of by and large? Well, school districts, for, for the most part right now, are, are all doing overnight charging. You know, level two charging fits their needs perfectly. You know, with the average daily route, and, and as you said, a lot of them are way under 75 miles a day. And the beauty with that is they have usually a morning route, school bus goes out, does its morning route, can come back. They have that dwell time where they could plug into a charger, get some of that juice back up. And oh, yeah, while the late. kids are in school. Yep. And then they, when they go on their evening route, you're, you're starting from fresh again. It's not saying, you know, our EV Star Nano, or I'm sorry, our, our, our Type A Nano Beast has 150 miles in range. It's, it's not equivalent to saying 150 miles per day because they have opportunity charging at different times during the day. So that's yeah, 150 really between charges now, but these are also, you know, we're talking about level two meeting the needs of like 99% of everybody. And it's perfect for this market. But in the event that you do have a hot, heavy route, these do have the support for some, some pretty fast charging. You can charge these things from like, from like 10 to 80% in under two hours. Correct. Yep. Yep. So we, we do offer uh, DC fast charging as a standard and that's up to 60 kilowatts. So from a dead battery, you're looking at, you know, obviously not an ideal situation, a dead battery, but you're looking at two, two and a half hours to get back up running at full percent. Oh, wow. So that's, a, that's even a little bit faster than I thought. And this is a standard kind of CCS plug. You can use this anywhere. It doesn't require a special, you know, bus depot, right? Like you can theoretically pull this up to an Electrify America station and plug it in. Yeah, we have, we, have, uh, we have insisted on making this through our mantra of easy to deploy as standard as possible. And that's why uh, we have gone with the CCS protocol. 
And then I should also include, Joe, that we do offer wireless charging as an option. You know, oh, I had no idea. Mm-hmm. So tell us about that. So, you know, we've, we've talked a little bit with the guy with Aaron Gilmore from Wave. We've had him on the show a few times. He's a good guest. Are you working with him or you got another company that you're, you're working with? Oh, uh, we, we do. We do have a good working relationship with Wave. The, the one delivery that we have right now that's ongoing, it's four vehicles, is in a partnership with Momentum Dynamics. They're another uh, wireless charging uh, provider. And uh, we've seen a lot of interest, especially in anything where you're where your route includes some stop time so that you can dwell opportunity, charge the vehicle back up. And the beauty with that is you're not having any driver interaction. There's the, the risks and the liability goes down exponentially. Yeah. Well, and you don't have anybody, you know, the last thing you want is when you have 40 of these buses lined up, they're all plugged into these different outlets and somebody trips over it, hurts themselves. Now you get a workman's comp yeah. claim or they don't plug it in correctly. And now it's not charged the next morning. And now it's a problem with the wireless. You just pull it right over and it's charged. I had no idea you guys were doing that. So that's phenomenal. So you've got four, four operational like that right now. The, the first one's being delivered right now. And the, the remaining three should be done by uh, the end of August. All right. Well, we can, we can get in touch with your PR people. Make sure they definitely get that out to me. Cause I will, uh, I, I will definitely. promote that. That's awesome. Uh, while we were at ACT, I got to drive uh, the nano beast. Was it right? Oh, correct. Yep. Yeah. Yep. So that, that thing was super fun. I mean, it got off the line. It was really neat. You know, so I, I guess the, the other thing that, you know, is a little bit confusing. We'll talk about this in, in, in however you want to is, these do have bodies that look like kind of sprinter bodies or Ram bodies, but it's, it's your design completely, right? It just kind of uses that windshield or something. Uh, correct. And you know, we, the, the mantra easy to deploy also means uh, in, in our minds accessible. And what we're trying to do is make uh, a product that not only is compelling, it's new and that it, it gets the job done of uh, electrifying your transportation, but also is something that, it's not going to completely change an operation for a fleet right now. We wanted standardization for parts, for, for uh, service technicians to know and understand the vehicle mm-hmm. really helps fleets not have to go through expansive training and, and an understanding gap when you d- deploy or uh, operate our vehicles. And I'm looking at like the EV Star CC. I imagine that's chassis cab because it's just, that's what it is. It's a cabin chassis vehicle. Mm-hmm. It looks like if you were building an RV body or if you were building, uh, you know, an upfitting body, a tool body or, you know, something like that, that it would, if you built it already for a Ford or a Sprinter chassis, it would go right onto this as well. It doesn't seem like a totally alien thing. So obviously that's part of it. Oh yeah, that's the thriving part of uh, Green Power's business right now. That chassis is actually the the base chassis and drive system for our Nanobees. We we call that the EV Star platform. It's used in all of our Class Four vehicles. In fact, Green Power just purchased a uh, a truck body manufacturer by the name of Lion Truck Body. It just came live in the last month, and now we have the ability to make our own bodies, our own utility utility bodies, stake beds, and whatnot, really adding a different part of our portfolio in uh, compelling vehicles. Well, that's going to be really exciting to check out because, I mean, I, I think that that's really where you start being able to talk to a fleet and saying, look, we can meet your needs. And if you need something special and custom, we can make that happen. And we know and can guarantee that every part of it is going to interact because whenever you're buying a fleet, if you have to buy a chassis cab from someone, send it out somewhere else, and then have someone else put the body on it, 
then you know six months down the road you have an electrical issue the body manufacturers pointing at the chassis the chassis pointing at the body everybody's pointing at each other there's an installer sometimes it's a big mess to be able to bring all that in-house and control it i think is going to be a, a really a really huge issue you know michael it, it seems like there's a ton of stuff going on every time i ask you something you've got some like answer that just blows away my expectations we are kind of coming to the end of our, our time contract here. So I want to be respectful of that. We'll definitely invite you on the show again when you, you know, when you have more news and we want to talk to you about the ribbon cutting ceremony and things like that. We'd love it. Uh, yeah, absolutely. But it, before we do that, I just want to say, you know, how can people follow along? Obviously there's greenpowermotor.com. Do you guys have social media? Do you guys have, you know, Instagram, Twitter? How do we follow along? How do we find what you guys are doing? And how do we get you in front of our local governments so that we can start greening up the fleets that are in our neighborhoods? Yeah, great question. So we, uh, we do have a newsletter at greenpowermotor.com. Always best to sign up for that first. We're on every major social media at Green Power Motor. Uh, that would be Twitter, uh, Instagram, LinkedIn, and Facebook. And then, you know, we're, we're starting very rapidly kind of spreading across the United States you know, a lot of our, our early interests and a lot of our deliveries have been in California. I mean, that's where a lot of the, the industry is kind of centered, but it is quickly moving towards the middle and back east. And right now, you know, Green Power is signing up dealers. We're finding partners where we, uh, where, who are really excited to um, not only support the vehicles, so but- I, I don't mean to interrupt you. I mean, I do mean to interrupt you. So like, I've, I've interrupted you there. Yes. I never thought of that. School dealer, school buses have dealers. Like there's a school bus dealer that is selling these. How does that work? You know, and there's whole arguments and discussions we could go into about selling direct versus selling to a, a dealer and going through a dealer network. And I can tell you, Green Power is uh, fully committing to uh, selling through dealer networks. You know, these school districts, you know, back to our mantra, easy to deploy, accessible, these they have existing over. relationships with their local they dealer. Yep. And the dealer vets us out, you know, to the, to the toe. Every state has a very strict specification to follow. And a school district can rest assured that once a dealer representing the Green Power product is that that process has already been done with the dealership. The dealership has vetted us out. They trust us as good partners and, and uh, product uh, developers. And uh, by and large, we support them and they support the, the school. That's awesome stuff. Well, Michael, once again, thank you so much for being on the show. Definitely looking forward to have you on again. Probably invite you to a couple of these other shows that we're going to be doing. We're going to be, uh, I'll be in New York, I think the weekend right before you do the ribbon cutting. So I'll see if I can't make it to that. And uh, yeah, for everyone who was listening, thanks for listening. Follow along Green Power and uh, we'll see you next week. Thanks, Joe. Thank you for listening to Clean Tech Talk. Join us next time to get your electric fix. If you would like to sponsor our podcast, send us an email at accounts at cleantechnica.com. That's A-C-C-O-U-N-T-S at cleantechnica.com. Thanks. Walk, 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 walk,